Welcome to Pardon the Intermission, a podcast that takes a look at movies, TV, and all things entertainment from the past, the present, and the future. Remember to subscribe and like the podcast and give a review. This helps out the podcast and is greatly appreciated. Now on to the show. Yes, hey everyone, welcome to Pardon the Intermission. I am Eric. And I'm Jason. We hope you're all doing well out there. Yeah, glad to have you guys back with us for another edition of Pardon the Intermission, where we talk about movies, TV, pop culture, and a little bit of everything in between. And uh, not too many movies and stuff uh, recently. I mean, we did do some movie reviews, but with this strike, man, it's really messing everything up. I know. You and I have been sweating bullets for the last couple weeks trying to find uh, some (laughs) newsworthy uh, stories to talk about here, and everything is either regurgitated from a previous episode or something else. Yeah, we got to go back. (laughs) We got to go back down the archives. And I know. Actually, we're gonna do. uh, We're gonna. We've talked about it. We're gonna do some more retro uh, retro reviews. Retro reviews. Retro movie reviews. And we got a good, uh, pretty good response from those uh, in the past. So. Uh-huh. People seem to like it, so yeah, we're yeah, gonna. I think so too. We're gonna get back to that, but uh, hey, yeah. uh, starting off here, you a uh, big story broke recently, which oh. could have some big ramifications for people who like this movie. Oh, um, did it ever? Yeah, yes. why don't you tell us about it? Okay, so this story is actually more sports related than movie, but the reason why I, I posted this is because. Uh, This particular sports story involves a former NFL star by the name of Michael Orr. You probably have heard that name before. His life was, or part of his life was immortalized in the 2009 Oscar-winning movie The Blind Side. That was the movie that Sandra Bullock won her Academy Award for Best Mm, Actress for. So apparently what happened here, folks, is that earlier this week, Michael Orr came out and dropped a huge bombshell and said, according to a report that published in ESPN.com, that uh, part of the um, part of the central element of the story of the blind side was a lie concocted by the family to enrich itself at his expense. Mm. So to basically dun, dun, dun. Dun, 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 to break that down in layman's terms, what he's saying is that the Leanne and Sean Tuhi, the the husband and wife who allegedly adopted him, yeah. did not adopt him, and that they swindled him into believing that they adopted him. And the only reason that they did it was so that could they could make a monetary gain off of him, mm. not only in college but in the National Football League, where Michael Orr. Well, uh, played in the NFL for uh, over eight years, was a two-time Pro Bowl pick, so he was a fairly solid player when he played in the NFL. But yeah, Eric, this story I, I thought was interesting because, again, it ties into that movie, The Blind Side, yeah. which is a really good movie. It's a good, feel-good family movie, but if this any of these allegations are true about Michael Orr, this not only completely debunks the entire mythology around his uh, troubled young life, but it also completely makes this movie hogwash. I don't know. What's your take on this? Yeah, I mean, well, it's the same as you. I mean, obviously, it puts a big stain on on the movie. The credibility of the movie. The credibility of the movie. And what what, what is the real story here? I mean, you know, so it's it's, the idea was that, you know, supposedly they adopted him, Mm -hmm. I guess, right? Yes. And and then he came in and lived with the family, and they kind of helped him as he was progressing Mm -hmm. uh, through his journey here to the NFL. But... Um, they're saying now that it was not, it was a co-conservatorship. Yes. Um, so is, is that the same kind of thing that, uh, uh, oh, what was her name that, uh, I should know. Britney Spears. Is yeah. that the same thing she had with her family, right? That's exactly the same thing she had with so her family. So basically they and have we control. we saw how that went. Well, yeah, I mean... <laughs> I think this guy, he already shaved his head, so we don't yeah, have to worry right. about that. But um, uh, that, uh, uh, that was just kind of, they just kind of have control over the finances, the right? Finances, is, that, yes. is that how that works? That's how it works, yeah. Now, what makes it sticky is that in co-conservatorships, to the best of my knowledge at least, 
Uh, when you have picked, when the primary person who is the um, subject of the co-conservatorship picks the person or persons to uh, manage over their finances, the only people that can change that co-conservatorship are the people who were selected as co-conservators. So in other words, mm. if it's basically like signing your life away. So that's why like in, in Britney Spears' case, everybody wonders, well, why can't she just take control of herself? She's an adult. Because she, yeah, she basically abdicated that control to her to her family. So her, which is, her pam- family, sorry. Her right. family would have exactly. to, like you're saying, yeah. sign off on that. So in this, in this mm. case, so you're saying, so they're saying that this guy supposedly did not know it was a conservatorship. No, he he's saying that he, well, he's basically alleging that, um, that they duped him into believing he was that they made the adoption of him legal, but instead, if I'm reading this story correct, and correct me if I'm wrong here, Eric, because you have it up here on your computer, yeah, that um, that they weren't entirely transparent with him about the dynamics of their family, and really, just a quick background on Michael Orr for those of you who don't know about him. Uh, like I said, he was a pro football player. He played collegiately at the University of Mississippi. But what makes his story so unique is that he was born and raised in abject poverty. And did not know how to read, did not know how to write, lived in a very violent neighborhood in, uh, in Memphis, Tennessee. And, um, and Leanne Tui found him one day on the streets, and she kind of took him under her wing, and the rest, as they say, is history. And so that's just the background there about who Michael Orr is and why that story is so important. It says, yeah, the laws... Um uh, I'm just kind of going through it. Yeah, it's, sure. it's, it's, a, it's, very, it's a very difficult thing to go through. It I mean, is. Because, okay, so if they have the co-conservatorship, then mm-hmm. I guess they're entitled to, you know, see, that's the thing. We don't know. I mean, um, did he sign, mm-hmm. uh, you know, as far as financial papers right. uh, with an right. agent where they would get a cut? And, mm-hmm. and is, that, is that what's going on yeah. uh, here? And or even with the movie what did they make out of the movie right and this is where it gets interesting so according to the legal filing the movie paid the twoies and their two birth children each $225,000 plus 2.5% of the film's defined net proceeds okay and we know the movie became a critically acclaimed blockbuster reportedly grossed more than $300 million at the box office. And, of course, we know that it was nominated for uh, Best Picture, and then, of course, Sandra Bullock Which won for Best Which is funny. I, I do hear, I heard people, uh, a lot of people claim, mm-hmm. or a lot of people say they want Sandra Bullock to give her mm-hmm. uh, Oscar back. Um, what for? She won, right? She won. And they wanted her to give it back just because now this is all built on a lie. But I'm like, that has nothing to do with her acting. Yeah, that has no that has no bearing on the role that <laughs> she played. What's going on here? Yeah, yeah that's that's complete yeah. bogus. That has no bearing. It's almost on, like that that because like it's like guilt by association. It right? is. That's what it is. It's guilt and, by association. It's but she old, has nothing to do. Yeah, it's the old adage in the court of public opinion: you're guilty regardless yeah. of innocence or guilt. Yeah, you know. But yeah, and so yeah, Eric, like you, like you, like we're looking at here in this story, it's very complex because there's a lot of legalities involved in this. A lot of moving parts and basically a lot of he said she said and when you watch the movie you're saying to yourself this is a really good feel good story this is a typical rags to riches type story a feel good story of a family taking in this troubled young child who had no apparent future at that time they take him in he lives with them no arguments no moss no fuss and um, and then they end up getting him well educated to the point where he goes to uh, the University of Mississippi, and then the rest there is history as well. So it's saying that the, the reason it's coming up now too is because he didn't uh, did not have the time to invest or uh, yeah investigate the deal until after he retro- uh, retired in 2016 mm. from the NFL. So okay, what what year is it now? 2023. Yeah. 
He retired in 2016, 2023. I so can. Be- I, I don't know. I don't know why the delay. Right? I, well, here's the thing. Okay, I can believe part of that because I would imagine that based on this story and everything that it's describing, again, this is not something you're going to discover and make public overnight. But at the same time, I am still a little weary of the timing because uh, if if he really, I guess if he if he's known about this for this long, why did he wait this long to come out with yeah. this with this with this story? And and the thing is, we don't know what's going on in the background. I we mean, don't. He, he no. may have tried to settle, or you know, that's the thing too. You know, you're dealing with a lot of legal issues. You know, yes. I'm sure. Yeah, they both have attorneys, so you're going back and forth and back and forth. And these things could take months and sometimes years. Yeah. So there could be a lot of stuff. And then at this point, maybe. I, who knows why the story is coming out now, but maybe there's a reason to try to get something moving mm-hmm. along, you know, to kind of grease the wheels. Right. And let's put the story out so that, uh, you know, public opinion, because public opinion does have um, a lot of sway mm-hmm. in the courts. I mean, in any, anything we do. I mean, look at yeah. uh, uh, Amber Heard and Johnny Depp, right? That That's the best case example. And, so, uh, I mean, also take a look at um, uh, some of the other popular salacious uh, headline stories. Well, I mean, look at... Uh, Look at O.J. Simpson, for example. Even though he oh, was, yeah. he was, the, even though he was found guilty in criminal law, and he was found innocent in a civil court, the court of public opinion basically determined his guilt even before it was, uh, even before it was judged. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, that's a good example there too. So yeah, I don't know. You know, it's really tough. I think this is going to be one we just have to see how it plays out. Yeah, um, exactly. Because there's just a lot, of, a lot of parts of this story, you know. And right now, yeah. it's kind of a. He said, they said thing, mm-hmm. and I, I, you know, I got to be honest. I mean, if they if they held on to this co this co conservatorship, I don't know why they would do that. Right. You know, to me, once he got up and on his feet and he's out, even in college, you think at that point they would have released it. So that that does look kind of suspicious if they held on to it for so long. Right, right. now, I, now one part of the story that I am willing to believe is that Michael Orr. I mean, based on the movie prediction of him or the movie uh, portrayal of him and the real life Michael Orr, um, I can find it easy to understand why he might have been gullible enough to. If these people did what they say they did, what he's advantage. claiming they did, took advantage of him, which I can believe because in this day and age, anybody is capable of anything. We've seen that here locally with some major issues involving a couple of what we thought were responsible business owners, and they turned out to be uh, crooked as question sure. marks. So, um, so yeah, Eric, I'm willing to believe a lot of this story in its entirety because when you look at Michael Orr and you look at the fact that this family comes up to him, they take him in, they say, come live with us, we'll take care of you. I mean, yeah. that's not even gullibility. That's just being a product of your environment and wanting to make a better life for yourself and being told, we're going to help you make that better life. And so at some point along the way, if these, two, if this husband and wife, Sean and Leanne Tui, are the two-bit snake oil salesmen <laughs> that he's claiming them out to be, I can definitely see them using him to their advantage. But at the same time, okay... He made, uh, he made, uh, well, you would have to think at some point, wouldn't that conservatorship not even mean anything once he made his millions in the NFL? Well, yeah. And the, and the other thing here too, is that, you know, going back to the, the family making this money, I mean, and the story says that they made the money, yeah. but I, I was looking through it. I, I, unless I missed it, I couldn't find anything about what did he make? Did he actually not make anything from the film or are they just not reporting what he made? from the film to kind of slant the story. I don't think they're way. reporting anything because since that movie was the subject of him, he was the subject. He's entitled to get monetary yeah. uh, value from that movie. 
So yeah, see that that's the thing that I don't know because it doesn't really state or I haven't found it in this story. Um, you know, if he made any money, that would be the thing that I just in what that one aspect mm-hmm. that doesn't encompass the whole thing. Um, if he made any money from it, you know, then I mean, hey, if if they made a deal for themselves and their children, and then and him too, I mean, if he made his money and they made their money, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, you know, you can't get too upset about that. Now, if he didn't make anything from it. And just they pulled in all the yeah. cash. That's another issue. Um, but also at the same time, you know, it, it's one of those things too. You know that it's hard. We were not in people's hearts and in people's minds. So originally, when they when they uh, uh, brought him in, and maybe there were reasons they had to sign a co conservatorship conservatorship mm-hmm. with him. Maybe some kind of legal so that they you know they could help him. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was just really uh, and honestly. You know that kind of feel good thing where they were really trying to help him. Yeah. Sometimes along the way things start to get a little muddied, or you know, and 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 uh, it was funny we were kind of talking about that, right? Mm-hmm. You were talking about earlier before we got on about uh, bad guys in movies. Exactly. I remember that? And your and what, what yep. were you saying about that? How how a lot of bad guys in movies uh, aren't bad guys by birth, or they aren't inherently become they they become bad guys either because of a certain situation that yeah. that takes them over the edge and they feel like they're at the end of their rope and they have no other no other no other out they have no other avenue out what, so, what did you call it, it like classic villain or what did you call it there's well a name for it? there's a there's a name for it called the flawed a tragic character or a tragic. flawed character there you go. There you and go, that's yeah. basically where a good person becomes bad yeah either because of a certain situation or something that tips him or her over the edge to make them become a bad person mm. Like Walter White in the TV show Breaking Bad, high school chemistry teacher, needs money for his family because he thinks he's gravely ill. He thinks the only way he can get it is by becoming a, uh, a methamphetamine maker and distributor. Yeah. <laughs> good case in point. Good example right there. So, yeah. So, you know, it, this thing could have happened, you know, as far as it, it could have been totally, right. uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? Totally uh, uh, not... Uh, um, Kind of help me out here, Jake. kind of, kind of what? I'm looking for the word you're <laughs> I'm looking, looking for. I'm looking too. for the word I, I can't. In other words, you know, they weren't out to do bad. They weren't out to right. do harm. They weren't out to to screw this guy over. Right. Um. But it just but... kind of over the time, it just kind of turned into into something bad. Right. So and now, where this ties in again with the movie is, it begs the question, Eric, that I've heard on on a lot of talk radio over the week, and that is, does Ooh. this does this make the 2008 movie The Blind Side completely irrelevant? Should the movie be completely scrapped? Should it be remade? I've heard no. every single scenario under the sun. No. Does this story diminish the value of the movie that it no. placed on life? No, because here's the deal. In, originally, even when this came out, um, Michael had said that you know this wasn't really the story. I right. mean, it, it was it was embellished quite a bit. Yeah. So um, you know, we all know this wasn't exactly the story. Yeah, I think the story is a good one. It's unfortunate that this is tied to it because I think the yeah. story is is a good story of how people yeah. can help other people. Yeah. And you know, and people can rise above circumstances to to do great things. Right. Um but yeah, as far as you know, this like you say now it's going to kind of taint it, taint it unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um what how do you feel about it? My feeling is this. Um I think what the movie does is I, I do think to some extent depending on how this story unfolds and it will be interesting to see in the coming months if the two he's have a, a public comment about this about these allegations and to see how all this unfolds. But I do think if it continues to roll out the way it does, it will deception the overall mm. uh, perception of the movie, not the meaning but the perception of the movie. Yeah. Kind of like um like with the movie Rudy, all right? 
when I watched the movie Rudy with Sean Astin and uh, Charles S. Dutton, I thought, oh, man, this is a great, great feel-good story about a guy, an unknown guy who walks on the Notre Dame football team and becomes a mythical uh, folk hero within the span of whatever. And then to find out that a guy who played on the Notre Dame team, you might have heard of him, quarterback by the name of Joe Montana, came out and said, oh, no, none of what happened in Rudy took place at all. (laughs) <laughs> kind of the same situation here. I'm waiting to see what happens. I, th- I think the- it, I think some of it happened, right? But I mean, the whole thing where yes. I think he plays the last game or something and finally gets in the game. You know, the one big moment, and right, then he makes he one tackle and they take him off the field on yeah. their shoulders. Yeah, yeah, didn't I, happen I, that, that, that way. stuff. Didn't happen. And so, well, the- and, and sorry to interrupt, but I just wanted yeah. to, want to throw in there that brings up a good point because that's that's how a lot of these things happen when yeah. we, when you know these these uh, uh, real life mm-hmm. made for for uh, movie movies or made for TV movies happen, right? right? I mean, they have that same kind of sentiment. sentiment where it's like they have to embellish it they have to tell a story yeah and they have to do it in a certain amount of time whether it's you know episodic or whether it's a, sure, a, sure. a two-hour you know a feature length yeah sure so you know it's not gonna be no. um it's not going to be yeah. completely true. And plus, they got to keep the audience entertained. Exactly, yeah. And that's why I drew that comparison, because much like with Rudy, I think this story, as it unfolds, will probably diminish the public perception of the movie, <clears throat> but not the meaning of the film. And whoever is out there saying Sandra Bullock needs to be stripped of her Academy Award, I'm going to tell you, you need to be stripped of your intelligence, because <laughs> that is a completely biased and fallacious statement, evidence to back up your argument. That's ridiculous. And in some ways, I actually think Sandra Bullock should not have won the Oscar that year. I thought it should have gone to Meryl Streep, whom she beat out. What was uh, Meryl Mel Streep? Uh, I think she was nominated for Doubt, for the movie Doubt. Oh, okay. And she wow. lost out to Sandra Bullock that well, year. Well, that's usually the case. I mean, listen, if, yeah. if, if not to get too far off track, but those award shows are usually just uh, uh, right. <clears throat> uh, popularity contests. Exactly. And, and popularity in the sense of, you know, that was a popular movie. It was a feel-good movie. Right. And if you can't give it for Best Director or Best Movie, it's like you have yeah. to give it to somebody for something in that movie. <clears throat> yeah. You know, so exactly. that's kind of how it happens. Yeah. I'm not saying she didn't didn't do a great job either. Right. I think Tim McGraw should have got it for best. No, I'm teasing. I don't know. Tim McGraw, are you kidding me? <laughs> no way. So, but yeah. Anyway, so yeah, the the movie the movie will only be made to look much worse depending on how this story unfolds. So it will be interesting to follow this sports theme story to see how it affects the cinematic version of this of these events. They should do and an updated. They should. They should do a Redux. Blindside 2.0 Redux. <laughs> kind of like the Apocalypse Now Redux version. Oh, my gosh. It's, it's, it's really sad, but but in all honesty, folks. Sequel. Yeah, every time it's like based on, on you know, true events, don't ever. Right. I mean, you know it's embellished. You know it's not real. Yeah. But as far as the feel-good part of it, Rudy is still a feel-good movie. Blindside is still and a feel-good blind movie. Si- sequel come out will be called <laughs> Don't Sign the Coke. <laughs> I'll tell you, that is the one thing that cracks me up about those co-conservatorships so that they can go on so long, like you're saying, until until the person that has control signs off. That's signs off. Nice. But anyway, that's my yeah. last comment. Hey, um, I want to. Uh, we're going to take a, a, for the audience, it's not going to be a quick, or it'll be a quick break. But I mean, I yeah. want to stop here. I want to pause here, and I want to show you something, and I Please want you do. to come back and comment about oh, it. Oh, okay? boy. Okay. All right. You ready? I'm ready. Go ahead. All right, folks. We are back. Hey. So I just showed Jason uh, something I had ran across, had found, and I wanted to get his take on it. Um, first, what did you think? And then we'll go into what it is. 
Okay. Wow. Where do I start? Um, okay. So what do I think? Um, first of all, okay. There are some things in this world, Eric, that I think are so freaking hideous and awful that they are just classic and they are great. Yes. This is one of those examples. <laughs> These videos that you showed me ranging from titles consisting of, and they're not limited to Ebola Rex. Uh, <laughs> oh, we, we got to watch that one. I'm we got to watch that one. But then also Ouija, Ouija Shark 2. Ouija Shark 2. And Gorgasm. And I'm just like... Looking at no, these, the best one. What was the best one? Trash cans of terror, without a doubt. <laughs> so Eric showed me this first video in the among this group of videos on this YouTube page called Wild Eye uh, Releasing. Releasing, yeah. And so trash cans of terror, folks. All right, I'm going to post this on our Facebook page when I get a chance, either tonight or tomorrow. Trash cans of terror, folks. This is classic bad. It will make you laugh and roll. You're going to want to sit down because it's going to make you laugh hysterically. It's about these people that just get assaulted by trash cans, aliens that. What Eric they took possess, over the guy's yeah, girlfriend, take right? over the guy's girlfriend, but and then, then all of a sudden the trash can. I don't know when the trash cans come in and they're terrorizing people. Uh, yeah, right. They come in at some point there, but it was just hilarious because this video is like kind of a throwback to like it looks like when it starts off like it's going to be a throwback to vintage pornography, and then like from the seventies, wee wee, it's like wow, chicka wow, wow, chicka chicka wow, wow, yeah. Sorry, folks, I have flying left and right. People yeah. getting hit by trash cans, women getting hit by trash cans, and I literally was laughing so hysterically, and I was saying this is so awful at the same time and it's so this awful it's so good here it yes. reminds me of like i told you it reminds me of like back in the days when people just started getting their own right. video cameras and video cameras became yeah. a, a thing <clears throat> right, and, right right uh, and then you know and it's like people just and in this particular one it, i think it is a retro i think it is mm -hmm. an older movie that somebody had put together on a you know okay. an old vhs or something <laughs> sure. uh, on an old video camera yeah but but yeah this is like people were just making things left and right and that's what it is i mean people that just it's just like they're just thrown together the story makes no sense it, they gotta uh, uh, try to get a name with a hook on it and then the acting is you know uh, yeah well, quite frankly i'm i'm a better actor than these people <laughs> to be quite honest with you yeah it's just i think my shoes are a better actor than right me. exactly <laughs> both of our are better actors than they are <laughs> but but it but it's great it's a great genre and and this so i, I came across what happened is i came across uh, uh actually listening to another show they were talking about this uh -huh. this uh, uh youtube page and i went and checked it out it's called wild eye releasing like you said yeah and uh, and it's just all these uh trailers for all these some older and some new mm -hmm. all these uh i wouldn't even call them b movies i think these are like maybe d or what would you call maybe a Z movie? <laughs> I, I would even I wouldn't even give them the the respect and the honor of calling them Z movies. You, you wouldn't even give them a letter in the alphabet. <laughs> no. Yeah. The, the, these these are videos that young up and coming wannabe filmmakers submit to the studios. The studios take a look at it for five seconds. They turn green in the face and they don't even respond to the person who submitted but it. But that this is great. I think this is great that these people uh, have. Uh, I don't know much about this company yet, and I'm going to look more into them. But I, th I think it's great that they are actually going out probably buying the content and then they're actually it's it's a place for them to be released and, and watched right right yeah so exactly. that, that's what's great about it i mean heck why not you know mm -hmm. i mean some of the stuff that hollywood's putting out these days this probably is it could be close to it i mean you know it's kind of like so. and, and close to it in a way of that it's it's gonna make you it's so bad it makes you laugh you, you know, know actually the first thought that came to my mind when i saw some of these videos mystery science theater 3000 oh yeah 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 this this would be perfect content to yeah. poke fun out on Mystery Science Theater oh, three thousand yeah, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> That's you know what you know what of. you know what would be fun to do. We might have to yeah. try to do this, or maybe they already have it. They should do like an Oscars for these movies. Well, that would be great. Don't they already kind of? Every, what is it called? Ever the heard Razzies? of the Razzies? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah I guess awards? so. Well, yeah, but I think the Razzies are more like mainstream stuff, right? Feature length films, yeah. Yeah, feature length films are ma- mainstream type movies that, that just never quite hit the mark. But so these could be awards then for short length wannabe films. Well, then. see, I don't even know how long these are now. We just get the previews here. So I, I'd oh, have to find you. out okay. how to how to actually watch these movies. Right. You I'm, know? I'm sure you just Google them. I'm sure oh, you can my find gosh. a full movie somewhere. This is, you know, this almost gives me, but this actually gives me some motivation and hope. I mean, it's like, mm-hmm. you know, I would love to throw together, I mean, just for fun, throw together some kind of crazy thing like this. I mean, you could tell some of the graphics, actually some of the graphics are even better than, than some of the, you know, than in the older, in the older VHS right. days, we didn't have a lot to play with, but nowadays right, right, with right. all the digital, uh, you know, with all that you can do in your computer, I mean, it's, it's yeah, amazing, right. you know, but yeah, yeah we've got uh, mega, mega ape. We've got, uh, what else here? Uh, well, the Shark Exorcist. Shark Did you mention Exorcist. that one? I mentioned that one. Gorgasm uh, is what I mentioned. Gorgasm, uh, Sick Cat Blues, Watch uh, Me Die. Yeah, there, there's, there's some amazing. I mean, yeah, Stomach, and that's oh, a little oh, the uh, title of that short. Vampire, Stomach. vampires, and other stereotypes. <laughs> vampires <laughs> and other stereotypes. I just love that name. What about this one? Jack versus Lanterns. Uh, <laughs> I can only imagine. That is great. I well, can only you know, imagine. It kind of brings back. I mean, these are obviously very, very low budget, but it right, kind of brings right. back that. Remember when? Um, and I haven't seen it yet. But remember last Halloween we were talking about that Winnie the Pooh scary movie they put yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. What was you that called? That. I can't remember. Uh, it was called Winnie the Pooh and the Junk Forest of something, or I don't know. Yeah, but well, it, I Google can't remember it. either. I'd have to look it up. But that's yeah. what it kind of brings back. That you know, and that's what I kind of like to see. You know, people just doing crazy stuff, having fun. You know. Right. Throwing some different ideas out there. Uh, I think Hollywood, here's the one thing. I think Hollywood has gotten too stagnant. And uh, um, Oh, here we go. The name of that movie is called oh. Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. Oh, Blood and Honey. That's right. Yeah. Winnie the Pooh, Blood oh, and Honey. Oh, my gosh. I got to watch that. <laughs> we will have to do a review on that one. Um, Absolutely. Here's the deal. Oh, maybe for Halloween. Coming up for Halloween. Oh, we'll, I like we'll that. Wait. We'll I do, like maybe that. we'll do like B. You know what would be a good idea for us is some B scary movies for Halloween. Yeah. Yeah, that would be, you know, but, but like total B movies. Not like these standard Halloween and, you know, uh, Freddy Krueger and all that stuff. I already have three at the top of my head that I oh. can think of. Well, we got Blood and Honey, and what else? Attack of the uh, Killer Tomatoes, Killer Clowns Ooh. from Outer Space. No, I have seen that one. That's a, that's that is a creepy. Yes, one. and yeah. then a really good 1950s era classic B horror film by the name of Them about mutated giant mm. ants that go on a killing spree, and it has an outstanding cast. It has James Whitmore, it has James Arness, and it has Edmund oh, wow. Gwynn in it. Oh my gosh! Yeah, great cast, wow. right? Wow. But yeah, we can talk Crazy. about that as we get closer to Halloween. But the, going back to what I was saying, though, is that you know I think what happened is that. Hollywood, as, as first off, that you know, this they've gotten very stagnant, and yeah. I think secondly, they don't know how to laugh at themselves anymore, and that's the problem. And Be- because it's all about politics, yeah, it's all about saving political face, and that's what you know. And this kind of stuff, it, it just what it does is it just brings me back to I don't know how serious people were when they put these movies together, but it just brings yeah. me that back to that whole you know what just it brings me back to the days when you would go in the in the video store, mm-hmm. and I'm talking the old VHS. I know I'm a dinosaur here, but the old VHS days, and you'd walk right. into the video store. And, you know, they didn't have a lot of brand, you know, feature releases back then. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, they had the newer <clears throat> movies and stuff. But sure. you, there was people uh, pumping out these kind of things. And you would just yeah. rent the movie on the cover of the VHS, yep. right? Yep. Usually it would have some scantily clad girl on there. And they knew it all, you know, it was like guys like, oh, I'll, I'll get it. You Heck know? yeah. It Why was, not? It was like some. Uh, Suggestive uh, selling at works. Jason Voorhees, you know, want to be Friday the 13th ripoff. Exactly you know? right. But, but, Friday the 15th. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Sunday the fifteenth. Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but yes, yeah, and so it brings me back to those days. But I, I just love it. You know, it's just kind of a way to have fun with some stuff.
stuff and, yeah. and just in, enjoy enjoy entertainment again. You know? Exactly. I agree with you. Yeah. I mean, look, from my, my standpoint, my point of view is, hey, if you can't laugh and poke fun and have a little uh, belly laugh here and there, why bother watching it? Yeah. Yeah. You know? So anyway, I, I thought you'd get a kick out of that. I wanted to surprise you with that. So. That was one hell of a surprise. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I loved your face when your models was about ready we to should, come up. We should have did it. You know, I guess it's real popular. You know, it's a lot of controversy these days. People, yeah. people either love or hate reaction like videos yeah. or, or yeah. I mean, they either say, oh, they're, you know, that's a lazy way to do things or oh, yeah. it's great. I should have, I should have did that though. I should have had you on mic and we should have did a, a reaction with the, uh, you know, but anyway, should have been, could have been, um, uh, real quick though. We're almost yeah. out of time. I yeah. kind of wanted to go over real quick, uh, talk about, uh, we did a movie review mission impossible. Yeah. We went and saw mission impossible, yeah. the seventh one in the series. We certainly did. And the dead reckoning it's called. Yeah. And, um, I just wanted to kind of quick go over. I uh, it's interesting. So you know, we went. I saw it with my daughter, and so she's mm-hmm. kind of interested. Now we did see. We kind of watched them out of order. Like before, we went and saw the movie. I mentioned we went and saw. We saw here at home five and six mm-hmm. at home with my daughter to get her kind of up to speed as to what's sure. going on. Yeah. And then now she wanted to see the others. So we actually watched one nice. through four. So we've seen the whole series. It's the whole right? series, right? And. Uh, <laughs> I wanted to get your take if, if you you've watched them right. I've watched, watched them all. the whole series, and if watched you can them remember them, mm-hmm. um, I'm going to say this. I think out of the whole series, this is what I'm getting at. Essentially, mm-hmm. is out of the whole series. I think <clears throat> number four, I think, which is Ghost Protocol. Yeah, I think that one so far is my best one, though. I think that one is my favorite. Which and I was going to ask which one protocol uh, is very one is actually the third film with Philip Seymour Hoffman. Ooh, that one is good. That I I that one was the one that was directed by J.J. Abrams. And yes. I, I like it because you're right. It is sneaky good. And as you know, the plot uh, focuses on that movie focuses around Ethan's character. Tom Cruise's character, Ethan, has to find this thing called the rabbit's foot. And Philip Seymour Hoffman does a great job at playing this black arms dealer by the name of Owen Davian. And what the caveat to the plot is that eventually uh, Tom Cruise and his mission, his IMF team go to uh, kidnap Owen Davian. To try and get him to talk, let yeah. him find out what the rabbit's foot is and where it is. Well, their their plan goes afoul. Davian gets free. He's he's uh, set free by his henchmen, and then he turns around and kidnaps Ethan's girlfriend, yeah. fiance at the fiance, time. Fiance, yeah. And that's well, no, where, I, no, actually, <coughs> wife because they wife. got married. That's right, they got they married. Get, they got married right. Thank before. you very much. Yeah, yeah, they got married right before. And so now the, another reason why I love the movie so much is because I really like the way a lot of the action scenes were shot in. The, had some really good suspenseful moments in there. And yeah. again, while it's hard for me to argue Ghost protocol the third one right now for me is my favorite in the whole series okay yeah i would have to, I, I do like the third the third was good but i would still go back to the fourth now the fourth was put out by uh jj uh, abrams production team but it was yes. actually directed by brad bird brad bird who did the incredibles he did the incredibles yeah. and incredibles 2 which mm-hmm. is uh you know actually pixar movies tomorrowland uh wasn't he did tomorrowland also that wasn't terrible that wasn't <laughs> no, terrible no. i think it's kind of a forgotten movie it's it is. actually not too bad yeah tomorrowland has george clooney that's and right. Yeah, as the main star, and yeah, it's a it's a forgotten film, but you're right. It's it's one that's easily watchable. You can watch it many times and yeah. still like it. Um, but yeah, so he, uh, so I didn't know much about him. I do like I do like this movie, but it's mm-hmm. funny going back to what you're saying. It was funny watching when when you watch him back to back to back. Yeah, and and the directing styles, how they changed over the Mission Impossible. Right. Um, number two, which I did not know. A lot of shin, yeah. you know, it is it is almost like a, uh, a karate type movie, right? Or you, you know, yeah. And also a little uh, interesting nugget about Mission Impossible Two. 
The screenwriters for Mission Impossible 2, Ronald D. Moore and Brandon Braga, were longtime screenwriters for Star Trek The Next Generation, Deep oh, Space Nine, and wow. Star Trek Voyager. Oh, my gosh. So a couple of Star Trek veterans wow. wrote that movie. Hey, nice. Yeah, thanks right? for that That one. Yeah, you I bet? had no idea. Yeah. And Ronald D. Moore is from Chowchilla. He's a local Valley Boy here. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, seriously. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Well, good. Hey, good for Chowchilla. I think that's the first uh, real uh, big person from Chowchilla, I think. That Props I... to Chowchilla High. <laughs> Ronald D. Moore. Love him. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah. That it's very interesting at watching all the different. Now the J.J. Abrams, you could tell the style Clear. obviously clearly in in, in yep. three. Um, yeah. I do like uh, Philip Seymour's Hoffman uh, performance in that. That was he did really. Owen oh, Davian, yeah, he was sinister and very sneaky good in that movie. Yeah, um, and then but I still think that so far but for Ghost Protocol is as it's a quality film. Yeah, it is. It has a lot of good. It has a lot of great elements in it. Um, it does. The, you know, the only thing it doesn't have is Luther. What? Ving Rhames is not in that movie. He is at the very end. I, oh, he comes in at the end? He comes in at the very end. I, that was weird because I mm-hmm. was like, where is he? You know? Right, right. And he, okay. if you I recall. Think, yeah, 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 yeah. I think mm-hmm. I do remember that, yeah. Um, the other thing, too, is that, you know, the last two, well, last three movies pretty much has the same cast, the same mm-hmm. core group. Sure. Um, where the others did not as right. much. You do have reoccurring. Jeremy Renner was in uh, four and five. Four and five, but not in six and seven. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's, it's very interesting how they they bring in other people, you know. And yeah, yeah it is but, not the not at the same time. It makes you wonder what happened to the original ones. Yeah, you know? it's like they're like <laughs> these directors of the IMF are like switching so fast, you know. It's, right. They either have a high attrition rate or uh, they don't do a very good well, job get, at employee retention. Well, a, I was gonna say yeah, it's like they're always, they, they're, always they're always trying to. Move Move up, right? Because it's yeah, like they're always, exactly. you know, you have like uh, Kittredge, who's now he's in some other department, right? So you have yeah, like, right? you know, in the last one, exactly the first one. So it's like these guys are always looking to, to go higher in the exactly. High but the only one they can keep is uh, uh, Ethan Hunt it's for Ethan some Hunt, reason. Yeah, right? I don't know go why Ethan, Ethan Hunt's sticking around, but who knows? Yeah. Oh, well, hey, folks, that's the music. We're out of here. <laughs> this podcast will self destruct in five seconds because of technical difficulties. <laughs> it will self destruct. I'm going to self destruct in a minute here. All right. All right. Hope you enjoyed the show. And uh, listen, always check us out on our social media. We're on X, formerly known as Twitter, at uh, PTI underscore podcast. And, and on Facebook at Pardon the Intermission. All right. Take care, guys. We'll see you on the next one. Yep. God bless. Hey, thank you so much for listening. Now, I want you to go check out one of the other best podcasts around. It's called the No Focus Radio Hour. It has comedy and insight from the greatest minds in the know. And how do I know? Well, because I'm part of that great show also. So please go check it out. It's available on all your podcasting apps. The No Focus Radio Hour.